Welcome back to another Awareness to Action Enneagram podcast. My name is Creek, and I'm with my lethargic co-hosts, Maria Jose and Mara Sikora. I don't have enough energy to be original in this episode, so I just went with what Mario suggested. So, um, <laughs> and what represents how we feel yes, today? Yes, it so. really does. Um, yeah, for for different reasons, I'll point out mine because I've been working hard and traveling. Um, <laughs> okay, and I've been partying. Yeah, I've been yeah, partying. Mario has been partying. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. and and I, I don't and know. What's your excuse? I, Keith? Creek? Yeah, Who's Keith. What, Keith. What is your name again? Yeah. What is... wow. <laughs> <laughs> I actually got halfway between Seth and Creek there. So there it is. Keith. All right. So, um, yeah. No, I, I don't know. I just kind of woke up and I feel mm-hmm. drained. So I don't know yeah. if it's just I need yeah. a week to myself or what. It's yeah, been kind of right. go, go, go past few weeks. So. So for anyone who's still listening, yeah. what are we going to talk about? <laughs> We're going to be talking about, so uh, when this episode's re- when this episode releases, it'll be a few days from New Year's, and I would love for us to talk about how to help carry out our New Year's goals, resolutions, whatever you want to call them, in light of what we know about the Enneagram, about our type, instinctual bias, all those sort of things. So it's not necessarily which goal you should be setting, but more about how to minimize the possible um, ways in which you could get derailed by multiple different things. So for instance, right, I'm trying to lean into my zone of inner conflict a little bit more this year, put a little bit more out there, um, do more social media stuff. What should be the things uh, that I should be aware of um, when it comes to the the derailers, the accelerators, the core qualities? What would you what would you suggest? When when we're talking about this zone of inner conflict, it usually it's usually like low hanging fruit in a way because we already know that it's important. We don't have to convince ourselves of the importance of that domain. However we sometimes distort it. So we have these beliefs that point us to what we don't want to look like or be. And in your case, distorting self-promotion could be an obstacle. Okay, those people who self-promote too heavily are this, are like that, are shallow, or all these beliefs that might prevent you from continuing so it's usually something that you start doing but you don't carry on doing it you're not consistent so understanding those distortions might help you not resist doing it and the other thing is that it requires more energy than your zone of um, enthusiasm so putting some systems in place so that you don't have to think much about it, but just do it. Like, for example, using applications so that you can plan for, I don't know, a week or two weeks worth of posts can help you spend some time today and not have to think about it in the next week or two weeks. It's like managing yourself, understanding that you will tend to avoid it uh, or or neglect doing it 
When it comes to creating change, one of the things we have to realize is that change is not easy, right? Humans are kind of wired to resist change. We're wired to uh, maintain the status quo, to maintain homeostasis. Right? So, uh, exa- you have to use big words, right? <laughs> oh, my brain's not up to big word capacity. <laughs> oh my! Uh, how do you say homeostasis in Spanish, Maria? Eh? Yeah. Homeostasis. Yeah, there, there it go. is. Okay, good. Um, so, it's not that I don't understand it. I, I'm, just... I'm just curious. Yeah. Yeah. An example of home- homeostasis is our body temperature. Okay, so our body temperature is roughly ninety-eight point six degrees Fahrenheit. What is that in Spanish, Maria Jose? Do you know? (laughs) (laughs) Our body temperature in Spanish, uh, it's 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit, but... uh, 37 degrees. (laughs) So anyway, um, you know, and when when we're too cold, our body shivers, right, to raise the body temperature. And when we get too hot, we sweat to, you know, cool us down. And our psyche is similar to our body. It kind of wants to stay the same. And there's good reason for that, because, you know, our ancestors lived in fairly stable and consistent times. So dramatic change was usually a disadvantage. So we're wired not to change so much. So whenever we are deciding to make a change, we have to be really thoughtful about it and pick a specific change and pick it for a reason that is meaningful to us, right? Not just say, oh, well, I'm an eight and everybody tells me that eight should, you know, be like this or be like that. Or, you know, I'm a four and, you know, nobody says I should be blah, blah, blah. No, we've got to think about what do we really need in our lives and what is the most specific and uh, direct and tangible behavioral modification we can make in order to create that change. And it should be something that has sort of compounding effects, right? Uh, Something that will work in one area, but also apply to other areas as well. Okay, so- Can you give a specific example? Uh, Sure, um, you know, one of the things that for me has always been a good example of something I work on is just simply being nicer to people. And I, how are you doing with that? Uh, well, you know, look, uh, I'm a creature of habit, so uh, <laughs> I, I always like to say I'm better than I was before. So, um, and you know, I always tell a story when we're doing trainings how I picked, you know, a very specific target audience to be nice to, and then what I found was that I would accidentally be nice to other people outside of that target audience. Hmm. The brain likes to habituate things. So we pick something and we pick a target that will then translate to something else. Now, when we, you know, turn that into something direct, maybe it's uh, maybe it's health related. Instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to be healthier. I'm going to lose 30 pounds. I'm going to go to the gym 20 times a week and, you know, whatever it is. Maybe we just say, you know what, I start walking more when I could drive or if there are certain, you know, if it's only a certain distance, I'm going to walk it rather than drive it or something. And this gets us into the habit of walking more. Okay. And that will pay off in multiple ways. So that's a way that it can be tangible and have dividends in other areas. But 
it really needs to be something that's going to have some impact on our lives, I think, in order to make the change. The other thing is it needs to be really specific. Now, you gave the example of something related to your zone of inner conflict, which for navigators like us is the transmitting domain. What you can't do is say, you know what, I'm going to get better at transmitting this year because that's so broad and so vague that it, you know, it has no, uh, there's nothing I can really do with it. It gives me too many excuses not to actually take action on it. So what we want to do is say, you know, I'm starting to see that, you know, for whatever reason, I'm not getting the recognition I like. I'm not making as much money as I'd like to. I have interesting things to say that I want people to hear. Therefore, I am going to get better at transmitting by doing X specific thing, right? Maybe it's record a weekly podcast. Maybe it's write a blog. Maybe it's do a TikTok, you know, whatever it is. But it's got to be specific and tangible and so forth. And then again, what happens is that the brain will take that and it will generalize it. So even if it's just making one TikTok video a week, your brain will find other ways non-consciously to support that. Now, this does, like Marie Jose said, was, you know, you, you will get resistance. And this is when we have to start looking at, okay, what is my resistance to this and how do I overcome it? With the strategies or with the changes that we want to make related to the strategies and the instinctual biases, as I think we said in the episode uh, about the or episodes about the awareness to action process, it is important to try to find the benefit in terms of our zone of enthusiasm or our preferred strategy so that it makes more sense to us to do to make these changes so if you're a navigator how does promoting yourself more through in social media impact your navigating what's the benefit in those terms for you then it's like i want to make this change even more so it's it like for me it's it's not about necessarily I think I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread and everyone needs to hear what I'm saying. It's more well the only way I'm going to continue to grow my network to connect with really cool creative people is by showing them that I'm here doing something interesting and and not focusing on the extreme version of I'm self-entitled and everyone should listen to what I have to say. Yeah, that's the distortion I, I, I mentioned before. Mm -hmm. And that's a big obstacle in general. We distort what that domain means and then that becomes a barrier for us to do things related to it. Would you say the instinctual biases probably hold more clues to our potential barriers than like the strategy would? No. Yeah. I think everybody, everything has potential barriers. Like, for example, with me, with I'm a one. And if I want to make changes related to enjoying myself more, doing stuff that I like, I might, I don't anymore, or not so much as I used to, but I might distort it and say, okay, but that means that I'm going to lose in terms of perfection. And that becomes an obstacle. Mm. Yeah, and, and I think we have to look at each time we face an obstacle and see where it's coming from. Okay? Mm -hmm. um, you know, when, when it comes to, and I'm not a big New Year's resolution 
person, right? <laughs> I mean, I, you know, people have a tendency to wait until December 31st sure. to, you know, fix something that's not working, you know, <laughs> and then they always set the bar too high. And um, so, you know, what we want to do is whenever we're creating, you know, attempting to change something, um, you know, the first attempt is just, you know, go to the gym more, right? I'm going to go to the gym three times a week. And you might find that it works, right? Just committing to doing it might be enough, right? You don't have to do a lot of exploration. But if you find yourself not going to the gym, that's when you want to say, okay, there's some barrier here. I'm creating some obstacle for myself. And then you want to look at what is that obstacle specifically that's coming up for you. As Maria Jose said, it might be something related to her oneness, right? Uh, I haven't designed the perfect workout yet, so, you know, I, I'm not going to go. Uh, or it might be, you know, something related to her navigating. Okay? That, you know, eh, yeah, I'm just not disciplined enough or... You know, I, I, something more interesting came up, you know, whatever it is. But we want to look at what's coming up for us instead of just assuming that, oh, because this isn't working, I have to do something related to my oneness or to my navigating. So let's say like the navigating, your zone of enthusiasm is getting in the way of you mm-hmm. carrying out the goal that you set for yourself. What's a strategy there to kind of to continue to work with your the direction you're headed. I think that has to do with something I mentioned earlier about seeing the benefit in terms of your zone of enthusiasm. When you um, have two competing interests or desires or uh, or things that you want to do, uh, and one is navigating in our case and the other one is transmitting or preserving, usually we're going to think that navigating is more important. So we will prioritize that or we might prioritize that. However, if we see the transmitting or preserving action or activity in terms of the benefit it provides for us in the navigating domain, then you will have two competing activities of the same domain that it's the one that we prefer or value the most. And it it increases the chances that we will do it. The carrot is always better than the stick. The stick works in the short term. You can you can embarrass yourself into something. You can threaten yourself into something. You can threaten somebody else into something once or twice, but then it stops working. The carrot will always work, right? So in, in this case, the carrot is, like Marie Jose said, how does this thing apply or appeal to my instinctual bias, even if it's not in that domain. And so th- that's that's the thing we always, always, always want to focus on. In what way will this help me satisfy my values? That's what motivates people to change. Not, oh, I'm a bad person because I don't do this, or, oh, I don't like the way I look, or, oh, I don't like what so-and-so said about me. We always find ways to rationalize that stuff. Okay. If I decide I'm going to, you know, I need to work out because I don't like the way I look in these clothes, I'm just going to buy bigger clothes, right? But if there's, you know, like your example of this will help me get out and navigate more if I take better care of my health, if I 
let people know that I'm here and I have something of value. Mm-hmm. I guess my, my question is, is like, let's say I'm, I'm supposed to write a caption for a post and then I'm invited to go to some party with some important people. Like the two navigating things, maybe it's maybe that's that's too small of an example, but like to a zone of enthusiasm, like how how do you decide? How do you stick to your original decision? You know, sometimes it's just a matter of will. This is this is one of the things that we tend to forget is that part of any path is cultivating will the desire to resist our impulses and say, instead of eating this cake, I'm, you know, going to not eat the cake. Or um, when I set a workload for myself or an expectation, I'm going to do it. Okay. So that's part of every spiritual path. It's part of every self-development path to, you know, get into a practice and stick to that practice. You know, Hemingway, for example, got up every morning and wrote for, six hours before he did anything and then drank the rest of the day and then drank for the next 18. So, you know, but, you know, but, you know, he he got a lot written, okay, just because he stuck to that, that will. Um, I think it was, I think it's James Clear who talks about uh, systems, not goals, Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. where instead of setting a goal of of doing that, you're like, you're setting up a system, a a process, a habit, and then just watching that take you to your goal. Yeah, and that also, uh, systematizing things also requires, in the long term, less energy from you. Mm. So first you need to think about what system you're going to put in place, but then it can get, kind of works on its own or without as much effort from your end. And that's what we need because we will tend to want to minimize the energy that we spend on the other two domains mm-hmm. when it, we're talking about the instinctual biases. Yeah. I always like to think that there's a, a strategic element and a tactical element to any attempt to create change. And what I mean by strategic is looking at these concepts, looking at our narratives and rewriting the narratives, right? So it's the, the strategic part of it is about the way I think about these things. And then there's the tactical, which is like you're saying, just set up a process for it. Uh, take this step, that step, that step, you know, one, two, three, it, instead of, you know, just taking everything ad hoc or haphazardly. So, uh, but both of these things have to happen. We have to have some sort of strategic approach to it where we rewrite our narrative. We appeal to our dominant instinctual bias. We rewrite our strategy to make space for the behavior. But then we set up a system and we set up a process and we exercise the will to do that thing. What does rewriting the strategy look like? For example, with a type two, so that we don't always talk about ourselves, you could say, for example, I want to go more to the gym, but that would imply or could imply that I have to say no to certain people who ask for favors. We're talking about the... Uh, fact of going to the gym but then the problem is that in my mind I'll lose connection to the people that I have to say no to in order to be able to go so it could be because in my mind saying no means that I'll lose connection 
So I don't go to the gym so that I don't lose connection with certain people. But saying not going makes me resentful or might make me resentful. And I lose connection with them anyway. So I can say that I'll feel even more connected with these people if I can say no sometimes so that I can go to the gym. So expanding the definition of the strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So before it was in order to maintain the connection, I have to say yes to, I mean, the people I, I care about requests. Now, the expanded definition is if I say no, when I there's something important that I want to do, I will feel even more connected with them because I will not feel resentful because I'm also taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know what Maria Jose did there was kind of looked at it from a you know from a fuller perspective and then boiled it down to something more tangible. And so we have to explore that if we stick if I stick with the example of the two, all these you know um, uh, challenges that Maria Jose suggested are things that the two has to think through. Okay, why am I really resisting going to the gym? What's happening here? Is it because of this? No, no. Is it because of that? No. Oh, here's what it is, right? I'm feeling like I'll lose connection to people. And then you need to continually narrow down what that rewritten version of the story is until eventually it's something you can write on a post-it note. I'll feel more connected to people if I take care of myself and set the boundaries necessary to do that, for example. Okay. Large post make it even tighter than that. Yeah, uh, yeah fair <laughs> enough. It, it can ultimately be, I'll feel more connected to people, or I'll better be able to connect to people if I take care of myself first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And real simple. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's the airplane oxygen mask analogy. Mm-hmm. So... What I'm hearing is first make sure that the goal is is very a clear, simple task, not an idea, not an aspiration, but a clear and simple task that you systematize. And then what you can then do is look at how how does that goal relate to my zone of enthusiasm and broadening your definition of your strategy to encompass specifically encompass that goal. Is there anything else that you would add to that when it comes to the ATA model that would help people kind of bolster that action? Yeah, I'm not sure if it was clear enough in terms of we also expand our definition of the instinctual bias or the zone of enthusiasm. So I will be able to navigate even better or more if I take care of that. Uh, Same thing with the strategy. It's both. Mm -hmm. So the change that I want to make, it's not competing with my zone of enthusiasm nor with my preferred strategy, but it's enhancing my ability to enjoy or prioritize or Mm -hmm. pay attention to it. I think, too, one of the things that's sort of a hallmark of our approach to things is to not be particularly aspirational, not think, you know what, I'm going to be a completely new person. I'm going to change everything about myself. I'm going to completely, you know, change my life. Um, As I started out by saying, change is really, really difficult. And it's difficult for a reason. And 
people often don't need to change as much as they think they do. And if you can find that right thing to focus on, it has cascading and compounding effects. So pick something really specific. I have clients all the time. I particularly run into this with uh, when I'm working with threes. I give them two, maybe three things to work on. And they work on it for a while and they say, okay, great. I'm ready for what's next. And I say, no, you're not. Um, and if you really work on these things here, you won't have to work on other things because these things will have an impact. I'll give an example. Um, I, I have a son who's a nine, and uh, I was proofreading a paper that he wrote for college. And what I noticed is that he writes in the same way he talks with a lot of self-deprecation and qualification of his statements. Okay, And so I went through and I crossed out all the I thinks. And if we do this, then probably that. And well, it's just my opinion, but boom. Now, and I said, look, don't qualify it, just say it. And so if you work with a nine around that kind of self-deprecation, that has this, again, I'll just refer to it as a compounding effect of priming them not to diminish themselves in some way. And when they start diminishing them, or that when they stop diminishing themselves, they become more and more confident. And they say what they want instead of hedging. And they're more likely to engage in conflict than to avoid it. But it really does start with something that's fairly simple. So I'll keep saying to them, okay, all that other stuff's great, but keep focusing on the self-deprecation because it changes all that. And it's why I keep coming back to this idea of just being nicer to people because it has this compounding effect on me. I lose my temper less often. I'm more open to hear other points. <laughs> no, who, who am I joking? Um, uh, <laughs> no, but it does. I, you know, it makes me more willing to listen to people and hear their points of view and so forth. Okay? But if I tell myself, here are these 10 things you have to do, then I'm going to fail at all of them. Okay. So take advantage of your brain's desire to habituate and take a behavior that works in one area and apply it to adjacent areas as well without you really trying. Okay. So set your aspirations low and you'll actually rise higher. Put that on a post-it note. Yeah. Huh? Like that. Yeah. <laughs> do less. <laughs> yeah. To achieve more. Yeah, yeah. there it is. Any final final words or resources you would point them to before we send them off into the new year? I think that with the New Year's resolutions or change in general, besides what Mario has said, I would really question, and that's what we do with our clients, why do we want to make this change? In what way are we trying to benefit from that change? Do we really have to do it? Is it going to have a positive impact on my well-being? Or is it just because I should be that way? Or some people are asking me to do it. Don't waste your time. As Mario said, change is difficult. So see the costs and do a, an analysis of the benefits and the costs of changing. And be smart at picking your battles. 
Of course, you can go to awarenesstoaction.com for loads of useful and free resources. Yes. And not free resources if you are in the mood. And uh, there you go. Yeah, yes. yeah as well. Awesome. Well, this is uh, it's been wonderful. Thank you so much. And um, this is also a foretaste of uh, some of the topics we'll be covering in the future of accelerators, the derailers, uh, core qualities, that sort of thing um, to help uh, further help us change. And if, if I could just say before we go, Krigo, because we don't discuss this enough on the podcast, but if you are someone who uses the Enneagram to help other people grow, uh, check out our certification program, uh, oh, yes. which, you know, is uh, uh, we're getting rave reviews for people are saying just the most wonderful thing about the certification <laughs> program. Um, this is you true. Can, I mean, you, you know, it's you, true. <laughs> you can, you can uh, Enneagram on demand dot com. Uh, can find out more about the certification program. Yeah, it's it's been great. We're, we're finishing up our first round of the new cert and uh, yeah. People have been loving it, so that's that's exciting. It's changing people's lives. Okay, now you're overselling <laughs> it. Um. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yes. So do less. You can achieve more. Have a great new year. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Awareness to Action Enneagram podcast. If you're interested in more information or talking to Mario, MJ, or myself, feel free to reach out to us through the links in the show notes or by emailing info at awarenesstoaction.com. All episode transcriptions and further information can be found at awarenesstoaction.com slash podcast. <laughs>